Welcome to Episcopals, bringing you the latest in faith-based advocacy from the Episcopal Church Office of Government Relations. Hey, I'm Alan Yarborough. And I'm Susie Faria. And welcome to another episode of Episcopals. Uh, we get a lot of questions from Episcopalians around the church, uh, and we want more. So uh, don't, you know, don't let this episode stop you. Uh, send questions our way uh, through social media or uh, email contact. We'll have information uh, in the description of the podcast. Uh, but we thought, given these questions, it would be helpful to do a brief FAQ episode to cover just a few of them. Um, so, yeah, uh, Susie, why don't we just jump right into it? Uh, the first question, do we have interns? Yes, we do. And they are actually joined with us on this episode. So would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Marin. I am a policy research and advocacy intern for the summer. And I'm Chris Talbot. I'm a uh, intern with the same position. We're so glad to have you. Um, and just as a general reminder for anybody who might be interested in the internship program, we have three sets of interns throughout the year. So we have our kind of winter into spring program, our summer program, and then our autumn into winter program as well. And we are always accepting applications on a rolling basis. Um, direct any further questions or applications or anything to the EPPN email address as well. For this specific episode, we thought it would be a great idea to actually have our interns kind of, since they're relatively new to the office, actually ask these questions on behalf of the, the FAQs. So let's dive right into it. The first question, Office of Government Relations, sound like, sounds like there's a lot of ground to cover there. How do you decide on what issues to focus on? Yeah, there are, are a lot of questions um, and a lot of issues and a lot of things that we focus on as an office. And uh, you may be tired of hearing this at this point, but it never stops being true. And that's that all of our work is guided by general convention and executive council resolutions. So anything that we choose to talk about or to take uh, at take action on or ask you to take action with us is based on those resolutions. And so the language that we use um, informs how we decide to uh, take action and, and all sorts of things. It guides our principles and we also report back to them. So it's, um, it's a, there's a lot of oversight. There's a lot of resolutions out there that we focus on, um, but odds are if anything that you may think that we should focus on that we haven't. It's because there isn't language about it. Um, but yeah, that's that's where our, our principles come from, is from a general convention and executive council. So what about the separation of church and state? Does any of this work violate that? It's a good question, Marin. Uh, and we definitely get this frequently. Uh, I was just this morning uh, with Episcopal Relief and Development, um, doing a presentation and panel with them on on government relations, and someone asked this very question. Uh, you know, and, and sort of a short answer here, the separation of church and state really is about the government uh, requiring or prohibiting the exercise of, of religion, the free exercise of religion. Uh, it's not about churches and the government working together or, or interacting in, in any way. Uh, so our work does not violate that. Um, in fact, advocacy, uh, relationship building with the government, you know, really is about our constitutional right to petition the government. Uh, and to reach out to them uh, on matters that we're passionate about as individuals, uh, that we care about as an institution. Uh, so yeah, it's not not a violation of church and state. It's really, that's a different uh, different concept, but definitely a frequent, frequent question for us. 
what degree or field of study do I need to work in advocacy? So we don't like to limit that by degree or field of study. Um, I think one great way to get involved in advocacy is to take an issue that you're already passionate about um, and see where the church aligns with it. What has the church said in regards to that specific issue? And then uh, you can kind of use that as a basis to combine your personal passion on a topic with how the church has also seen it. So turning it into an Episcopalian thing rather than just a, a slightly more personal thing. And I think that that's a really great tool to get started in this kind of work is um, through something that you're already pretty well informed about and that you care about um, and seeing where the church aligns on that as well. However, we don't tell you to just limit it to that one thing. So yes, of course, be passionate about whether it's the environment or immigration or whatever issue is, is most important to you. But remember that you can expand that and the same types of tools for advocacy can be used kind of regardless of the topic. They just need to, the, the language choices need to alter depending on what you're talking about. But the, the personal piece of advocacy kind of can remain the same. Um, so we like to always plug our, our resources that can be found on the website to help you determine how to best train yourself and equip yourself. Um, they're there for your use, and we hope you use them to develop your uh, skills in federal advocacy. All right. So why is the church being so political? Jesus was not a Republican or a Democrat. You know, that's a good question uh, as well for this, you know. And I, and I have some um, some sympathy to, in this question. Maybe sympathy is too strong of a word, but, uh, you know, this type of work, this type of engagement doesn't have to be for everyone. Uh, you know, our hope is that people will be more civically engaged um, and engaged in their communities and, and engaged politically in that sense. Um, but they may not want to do that through the church. Um, and that's okay. Uh, that said, I think there's a compelling argument for from scripture, from uh, you know reason motivating us to be uh, use our position to to be influential and in speaking truth to power and, and making change in our communities uh, that says we should be involved in advocacy. But I think often uh, with a question like this, I see confusion around the terms political and partisan. Uh, and so what we don't do is get involved in partisan work, uh, that meaning supporting or denouncing a particular political party or a candidate, you know, in their capacity running for office. That's something that we have no interest in doing. Um, but beyond that, uh, in, ter in terms of a, a, a practical sense and, a, and an ethical sense, but we also legally cannot do it as a, as a nonprofit. Um, but being political, I think, is different. Um, it really is more about problem solving and community with others. Uh, in fact, many of us may be familiar with the term, you know, church politics, ugh, church politics. It's this decision making uh, together with others. And that happens at the federal, state, local level. Um, it, it, it includes community engagement and relationship building. Um, so that really, to me, is, is the church being political. Uh, and, and it is a place where, where we can be effective um, and where we can include government officials, you know, as collaborators in addressing problems in our community around the world. Um, so that's how I see, you know, a response to this question. It may not be as direct as what most people want uh, asking it, but uh, yeah, that's my response, Marion. Thanks. Obviously, the Office of Government Relations works with the government. And as Alan just mentioned now, uh, is also involved as a political process is involved with community engagement and relationship building. 
So in that regard, who else does the office work with? That's also a great question. And the answer is a lot of different groups, organizations, individuals. Um, Something that I don't think everybody realizes is that, well, yes, we are Episcopalians that do work on the Hill. Many other denominations and faith traditions have similar offices to ours or like the equivalent um, within them, whether it's the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America or um, Islamic Relief or a number of other organizations um, that are also faith-based offices. So we are one of many in that regard. But we also work with secular partners and organizations as well, um, different types of NGOs and, and nonprofits that just don't have the, the, faith-based act, um, the faith-based aspect to their advocacy, but they are still doing similar work to us. There's also private entities that do this as well. Um, so certain businesses. Um, and we also work with government officials, as you kind of mentioned in your, your question. Um, and Alan mentioned in the previous one as well. Um, and with government officials, we often are there to help kind of educate and be a resource in that capacity, but also to ask them what we can do for them um, in return. You know, we want it to be a relationship supposed to kind of go both ways. And so um, there's no shortage of people that we work with on this list. And uh, to get a kind of idea, if we have a number of our sign-on letters and things that we have uh, signed on to. And if you read the list of the, the other groups that have signed on, you can kind of get an idea of, of who we regularly work with and all the different organizations that are all coming together to, to advocate for certain issues. Lastly, how can my own church get involved? Nice. We may have uh, cheated a bit with this question, uh, queuing us up to, to wrap up the episode, you know, with a pitch for the resources that we have um, in, uh, from our Office of Government Relations and, and the Episcopal Public Policy Network, uh, the resources online that provide guides and tips for your own advocacy. We did an episode on the Faith and Citizenship Guide. Um, which can be used, you know, at the state, local, federal level, wherever you're interested in engaging. Um, but ultimately, it's these resources and, and our, uh, our, our office is here to try to empower you to get involved. So absolutely, your church can get involved in this. Uh, there may be different limitations from, you know, what uh, issues are, are of interest or particular, have, where, where the particular expertise lies in, in your congregation. Um, in terms of where you might want to work or where the work may uh, may bear fruit um, in terms of building momentum among your fellow Episcopalians. Um, but it's something I encourage you to, to explore. Um, and if, you know, your parish isn't as open to it, there are ways to reach out to other congregations, other denominations in your area, potentially, uh, to collaborate in that way. Uh, and we also are, are continuing to expand our EVPN ambassador program. Uh, this is a volunteer program of folks in, in different parts of the church, who try to amplify our, our messaging and amplify our calls to action within their state uh, and hope to you know, connect people to this work uh, a bit more directly from our office as well. Um, so let us know. Um, be, reach out to us if you need assistance in navigating these conversations. We'd love to, to have those conversations uh, and encourage more Episcopalians to get involved in our church advocacy. Uh, so Marin, Chris, Susie, uh, thank you all for this quick FAQ episode. Uh, we'll probably have more in the future, but we'll leave it at this for now during this pilot season of Episcopals. Thank y'all and have a good rest of your day. 
The Office of Government Relations aims to represent the policy priorities of the Episcopal Church to the U.S. government in Washington, D.C., and to influence policy and legislation on critical issues, all while highlighting voices and experiences of Episcopalians and Anglicans globally. The office facilitates the Episcopal Public Policy Network, a grassroots network of Episcopalians engaged in the Ministry of Public Policy Advocacy. Take action and learn more by following the links in the description. The Episcopal's podcast is produced by the staff of the Office of Government Relations, with the support from our podcast engineer, Ellie Singer, and project manager, Chris Sikama. Thanks for listening, and join us next time on Episcopal's. For 100 years, the generous donations of Episcopalians and supporters to the Good Friday offering have helped the Christian presence in the land of the Holy One to be a vital and effective force for peace and understanding among all of God's children. A lifeline of hope in times of genuine need in years past, the Good Friday offering continues to support churches, medical programs, and schools today. Now more than ever, we celebrate the centennial of this historic fund. Your support is needed. Give online at iam.ec slash Good Friday Offering or text GFO to 91999. The Good Friday Offering, celebrating a century of gifts and rejoicing in 2,000 years of good news.